plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, happy, happy new year. Our first year, our first show of 2023. Welcome, power partners to Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and we are brought to you under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. And I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and I hope that so far the new year is being good to you. As I was just starting the broadcast, I just got a, a ping about our weather that is happening where I am here in Northern California, coming to you live in Northern California. And uh, it says damaging winds are going to blow down trees and power lines, widespread power outages, travel is difficult, saturated soils are going to allow the trees to topple. (laughs) And I, I I shouldn't be laughing, right? That's not if that isn't funny. Um, And uh, people should avoid being outside in forested areas or around trees and branches. Remain in the lower levels of your home during the windstorm and avoid all windows. So if you're in Northern California, uh, that is has just come through and we're supposed to be having what's called a bomb cyclone or another one of these. crazy rivers. We had one on Saturday. So I'm all sandbagged. And so far it is windy, but everything is okay. So the miracle moment for today brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity is from Alfred Lord Tennyson. Ring out the old, ring in the new, ring happy bells across the snow. The year is going, let them go. Ring out the false and ring in the true. And yes, we do need truth this year. That would be a really good thing to have. So our topics for today, coming up in one I, in segment one, I'm going to talk to you about what the garden trends for 2023 are expected to be. The theme is I believe in me. And I like that idea because it's all about individuality and access to critical resources. In segment two, we'll be topicking on, are you a morning person or a night owl? Do you want to be an early riser? There are ways you can change your internal clock to get more out of daylight hours. And in our third segment, Happiness is manifesting itself in a community and the relationship between health and social connections is very deep rooted. So we'll find our purpose and our joy in an organization. Not going to give you any goals or resolutions. I'm sure you're getting enough of that from every newspaper, magazine, radio, television that you um, read or watch or participate in. So I will just say that as the new year begins, we can just wipe our slates clean. We can focus on what we really want. We're going to chart our course 
And we are going to be adventurous and fun at the same time. And mostly we're going to give thanks for what we already have. And we're going to decide that 23 is going to be the best years of our lives because positivity, I'm all about positivity, and that's the way we have to do. So just follow your heart, follow your gut, go with your instincts, and hopefully things are going to work out just fine for this year, uh, despite what the weather comes our may. Well, Audrey Hepburn said, to plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow. And it's hard for me to even know where the year went. It seems like only yesterday that I was writing gardening goals for 2022, and it is now 2023. It is time to start anew. So again, I wish everyone a very, very happy and healthy new year. Well, every year, the Garden Media Group releases trends for the forthcoming year. And the Garden Trends Report for 2023 is aptly named, I Believe in Me. And individuality individuality and access to critical resources are what are going to be in vogue throughout the next 12 months. And as you know, I'm an empowerment architect. So I totally resonate with this craze that is being outlined for 2023. And I hope that personal expression and self-reliance will become a style, like star style, not just a fad. Our choices and our lifestyles tend to reflect who we are as individuals so that we become our unapologetically authentic selves in service of others, as I always like to talk about being unapologetically authentic and real. So when it comes to designing any interior or exterior place, I have always believed that to fully function for ourselves and for our family, the space has to be personalized, and that will reflect the colors, the shapes, the objects, the souvenirs that are meaningful to us as individuals that live in that location, as well as the community of people that we live with. So we need to feel comfortable, we need to feel secure, We need to be able to relax and to rejuvenate. Home really is where our hearts reside. Now, cookie cutter installations, they could be magazine worthy and spectacular, but they won't necessarily showcase the depth, the passions, and the character of the people who dwell there. So as we begin to plan for a garden for 2023, we wanna learn about the forthcoming trends However, we need to decide what resonates within ourselves because just because something is au courant, it doesn't mean that it's going to empower everyone. In part one of my interpretation of the Garden Media Report, which I'm going to do today and I'll do another one in a couple of weeks, I have chosen just a few gems that I might think that will trigger a positive possibility for you to implement. Now, the report shares the smart benefits of the garden green industry, which has gone electric or battery powered more quickly than any other industry, including electric vehicles. So mowers, leaf blowers, chainsaws, and other electric equipment accounted for 17% of all gardening sales in the United States in 2022. 
smart garden tools are becoming as critical to gardening as shovels and trowels and picks and rakes, and especially for those who are just entering the gardening arena. Now, I haven't tried it yet, but there is a new smart device on the market that is called a weeding robot. It is evidently solar-powered. It lives in the garden, and it chops weeds. And now that seems to be an innovation that I should be checking out and I hope to be checking out because weeding in my farm (laughs) requires grueling work for literally months on end. I do pull the weeds and I do feed them to my barnyard animals because they need, you know, fresh grass and fresh greens every day. But nevertheless, it sure would be nice to have a helper that is not a human doing that because it would save my hands and my back and my knees and all of that. Another huge trend that um, we, that is happening for 2023 is the shopping online for garden products. Now, that's not actually so new, but many companies are offering not only plants for sale, but identification and information for various plants. And it is as easy as taking a photo of a flower, a leaf, a tree, a bush, or any other specimen and just clicking a button. Several matches appear on the app, but it is up to the individual to determine which is the correct one. But you can, it really gives you that opportunity to really check the specimen that you're interested in and then to check your app and to see how they, they correlate and match. Now, there are other garden apps that are providing tips on how to plant when to plant and actually where to plant, as well as providing healthy recipes for harvesting the crops. Now, because of the housing crisis with buying a home being out of reach for numerous people, ADUs, which are called accessory dwelling units, ADU stands for accessory dwelling unit, they have become popular in the past year and they will continue to be in demand. Now, container gardening is going to linger as a major trend as gardens and patios become smaller and smaller. One of the things that is really, really happening is vertical gardening, also trellising, using fences and living green walls. These are all going to be integral to adding privacy and protected spaces and places that we can all enjoy nature. Now, millennials and boomers are embracing vintage and mid-century patio furniture, including wrought iron and retro lawn chairs and um, even pagoda umbrellas. And so these are all the trends that we are seeing for 2023. Now, this part I found really fascinating. We'll see if you do, too. There's a section called Super Agers. And the Garden Trends Report, boldly, it states, in 2023 and beyond, 100 is the new 50. (laughs) Well, I am not so certain that this is a truism, but it does bode well for gardeners who want to continue being active with tilling, filling, and thrilling with nature long into their golden years. Now, I personally have never met a person who is 100 who looks like they're 50. However, I have met people who are almost 100 
who act like they're 50. So I think that is a good thing to have, still have curiosity and interest and, you know, wanting to go places and do things. That is something that we can all aspire to. Accessibility options like raised beds, wider paths for wheelchairs, and plants at levels that don't require bending, twisting, lifting, you know, that BLT that I often talk about and write about, this will allow anyone to enjoy the outdoors. Now, when it comes to plants, tropical and exotic are the favorites for all age groups. Orchids, bromeliads, anthuriums, bird of paradise, cordylines, ficus, palms, philodendrons, uh, spathophyllums, which are peace lilies. These are only a sampling of the specimens that are really attractive to Gen X, Y, Z, as well as to boomers and any beyond. And I speculate that water features, especially creative fountains based on individual themes, will be a big focus this year. Because besides the health benefits of the negative ions that running water provides to humans, running water helps us refocus and recharge. And of course, birds and wildlife rely on them in the backyard garden for bathing and for drinking. Now, those are just a few of the projections for our outdoor enjoyment for 2023. And the next time that I talk about trends, I will offer some more suggestions because we have to believe in tomorrow and we have to plan to plant a garden. Live to 100, I don't know if that's going to be possible, but uh, we're going to try. And um, it's just some safety tips. I was able to fill sandbags locally through our local fire department that provided sand and bags and even a shovel at different locations uh, throughout our vicinity. So if you are in an area that could be flooding, you may want to contact your local fire department to see if they have a, um, if they have a sandbag filling area because that really can help you. And then a colleague of mine who is a naturalist, Taurus Jager, she has a few ways to save native flora and fauna from human impacts. And I wanted to share what she wrote because I think it's really uh, quite beautiful because she gives the gift of nature awareness um, to people. She's been working for 45 years at the Wagner Ranch nature area here in California as a naturalist. So she is a voice for local flora and fauna. And she writes that the truth is that native wildlife is disappearing while the human population continues to increase. And the reasons for wildlife decline are human caused. Removing woodlands, forests for cattle grazing and planting crops the use of pesticides, herbicides, and rodicides have polluted the land and the waterways. And the best way to protect biodiversity is to respect the lands of indigenous people who are the best guardians of the natural world and are an essential part of diversity. And that is throughout the world. The indigenous people truly do know how to protect the, their land. 
The species at greater risk are those that are depending on woodlands and waterways. And we may not be able to save the starving manatees in Florida or the polar bears in Hudson Bay immediately, but we can stop the use of the poisons that are making it challenging for them to survive. And the other resource that we really need to save is water. And as an aside, I have to say, it's really sad when we have these these um, these atmospheric rivers or these bomb cyclones, and we can just see all this water running into the creeks or in you know into the street. I wish that that I had just a deep hole that I could save it. So the uh, we you know not everybody can invest in a gray water system or rain barrels, but your irrigation system can be updated. And um, many uh, municipal water districts actually have landscaping advice and grants available to purchase native plants or to remove lawns. There is a California Native Plant Society, has a website, calscape.calscape.org, which identifies plants that are best for landscape. Or you can actually type your address into that website and it'll come up with suggestions for you. There are, um, a, a great book that she recommends is Native Plant Gardening for Birds, Bees, and Butterflies, Northern California by George Oxford Miller. And of course, the most challenging issues are changing transportation to electric and powering our homes with solar energy instead of the use of fossil fuels. So uh, Taurus's belief is if you make the time to be in nature every day, you will learn so much and you will want to protect it. And she gives a quote by Albert Einstein, which I've used before and I like it very much. It's look deeply into nature and you will understand everything better. And as Friends of the Earth said, if we save the earth, we save ourselves. When we come back from break, we will uh, be talking about ways to become a morning person. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and this is the Empowerment Channel. Stay with me because we have much more to come on this first broadcast of the new year of 2023. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. 
For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program, Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show well, thank you again for staying with me. This is uh, January 4th, 2023. How the years are going by. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Well, are you a morning person? I have to admit, I am not. I grew up on a farm and I had to be a morning person. I had to always be getting up, at, depending, usually 5, you know, 5.30 at the latest. And my dad used to call me princess not because I was acting like a princess. It was because I just couldn't wake up. And it was so hard for me. And I didn't realize that it until, literally until my um, kids left for college and I didn't have to be up at 5.30, that I really wasn't a morning person and it really wasn't my fault. <laughs> and so... If I have my druthers, you know, I want to uh, sleep until seven. And so I am much better at a later time during the day. But I have learned that there are ways to become a morning person. So if you are someone who likes to uh, greet the day like a lark, you know, before 7 a.m., or if you're more a night owl who thrives in the dark, that's more like me. I usually get my best work done at night. Um there, there's hope for either way. So 30 to 40% of people um, of the answer of whether you are a night owl or a morning person it depends on our genes. And this is by the Sleep Neurobiology and Psycho, uh, Psychopathology Lab at the University of Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania states this. Our internal clocks are mostly determined by other factors like your age, your sex, your environment, and your distance from the snooze button. But 40% of that is your genes. So few people are um, really extreme larks or extreme night owls, and most people fall somewhere in between. So if you want to start waking up at the crack of dawn, you really can. It is an achievable goal. I mean, I did it almost most of my life and now I choose not to do it unless I'm working in a movie or I have to do an interview as I'm going to be doing a television interview in the next couple of weeks where I have it's at 4 a.m my time uh pacific time because it's a seven 
Um, it's a 7 a.m. East Coast time, so that is kind of crazy. So uh, there are a lot of good health reasons to rise earlier. Research has linked the early bird life to better mental health and a lower likelihood of conditions such as depression or schizophrenia. But other research has found that morning people tend to be more proactive than late risers. So waking up early is often the only chance for some people, like parents, to claim time and space for themselves. But on the other end of that, sometimes as parents, we claim time and space for ourselves after you put the kids to bed. So if you're determined to rise with the sun or you simply want to catch more of the morning, you know, you can slowly transition to a new schedule and sleep experts are going to suggest these strategies. So I want to give you some of the strategies that you can do to get up earlier if you so choose. So you can seek out as much natural light as possible. So bright light exposure is absolutely critical in the morning because light suppresses melatonin, and that's the hormone that induces sleepiness. So the sun is the driver of our internal clock, so we have to know that. So when you wake up, if you go outside for a brisk walk around the block or you even just sit out back while you sip your coffee, what's going to happen is it will stop uh, you know, like the that is good for you because it with blackout curtains, which is good to help you sleep in, it actually stops that morning light from having this wake up effect. Now, if you do need blackout curtains just to sleep, the brightness bothers you overnight, then what you might want to do is wear an eye mask that you can take off be, as you start to wake up so that you'll get that sunshine. Now, what I do when I do I get up, I still get up early in the morning, but, you know, not at 5 or 5.30 anymore. But the first thing I do do is I go out to do my meditation outside in nature so I have that bright light. The second thing is to ease in gradually. You can approach your journey to early rising in two ways. One is by plunging straight into an early wake-up time, knowing that you're going to feel tired during a transition period, but you'll naturally start falling asleep earlier within a few weeks. But for some people, like those who need to drive long distances, those first few days of exhaustion, that's not a safe way to do it. So in those cases, what is suggested, like if you have to shift from, um, from you know, from a.m. work to uh, to later work, what you want to do is you want to wait a few days and you have to just shift another half an hour, then wait a few days and then shift another half an hour. And that makes it a little easier for people to tolerate. So just move your clock forward. I do not like waking to an alarm clock. I like waking just to the sound of the birds or my own body clock. So I would be one of those people that I would just have to have the light shining on me. You have to be consistent, and this is a big one, even on the weekends. Becoming a morning person is a seven-day-a-week job. So you decide what time you're going to wake up every day, and then you really have to stick to it. So if someone says, I want to be a morning person during the week, but I'm going to sleep in till noon on the weekends, 
you know, that's not going to work. So you have to decide what your medium ground is going to be because if you're going to get up um, every day at seven, it's going to be seven days a week. And that's, that is just the way it has to be. Or if it's going to be at five or whatever day that you choose. Now, wind down in the evenings. To get at least seven hours of sleep a night, which is the minimum that we all need, we have to inch our bedtime earlier as you transition to a new schedule. So starting at least an hour before you hit the sack, cut back on how much exposure to bright light you're getting. And um, research is indicating that artificial light exposure in the late evening suppresses our body's ability to generate melatonin, which could interfere with your ability to fall asleep and your sleep quality. So if you want to ensure that you're going to fall asleep quickly, we really have to try small amounts. You might want to take a small amount of melatonin, which is... um, you can uh, take it in a capsule form, uh, like a 300 mega dose, three to four hours before you plan to go to bed. It'll help you start to feel sleepy. Also, you want to turn off your electronics and get away from the computer. If you're working with that blue light, you know, of the computer right up until the time you go to bed, you're going to have a hard time going to bed. And with that, You don't want to have your computer and your phone and things, you know, pinging right in your bedroom. The same thing about televisions. I know most people have TVs in their bedrooms. However, that really does uh, keep you from getting a good night's sleep. So you might want to think about having a a television, a computer, any of that in another room. And as far as your phone's, You could set them to uh, the silent mode so that emergency things will come out. But other than emergencies, you are not going to get, you're not going to be pinged. So um, plan something to look forward to. This is another thing. To entice you out of bed, it is suggested that you treat yourself to something special that you can enjoy first thing. So that might be like a favorite coffee, a favorite tea, a favorite hot chocolate, or a breakfast food that you might like, you know, if your alarm is going off at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. If you're not dreading getting up, that's also really good. Maybe you want to book a 6 a.m. fitness class. Uh, By doing so, it might help you be accountable, and it might provide an extra reason not to hit the snooze button again and again. And if that doesn't appeal to you, use the time to connect with friends in other time zones. Don't wake up your friends that are in your same time zone, but maybe you know somebody in, you know, a, a time zone that is three hours ahead of you, so they're already awake. Now, something else, um, and this is not about getting sleep, but this is about getting the vitamin D that we need. So so many people don't realize how important vitamin D is to maintaining good health. It plays a vital role in our health because it aids in calcium absorption, which helps build strong bones, and it actually assists with uh, the proper muscle and nerve function. But it also helps our immune system fight off bacteria and viruses. So whether it's during the season or a pandemic right now when we need more vitamin D, we have to ensure that we get enough. So 
It's both a nutrient and a hormone. So it helps to reduce inflammation as well as control processes like immune function and cell growth, including anti um, uh, presenting cells and regulatory T cells. What research indicates is that vitamin D plays a variety of, of roles in the immune system functioning and it can improve our body's first line of defense against any foreign invaders. Um, and it can deter the development of autoimmunity, like when the body's immune system attacks its own healthy cells and tissues. People always think of vitamin D as just being sunshine, but that isn't always true. So researchers have been studying the immunity building benefits of vitamin D as they relate to respiratory infections. And a lot of these studies are included in the COVID-19 study with uh, vitamin D. They found that using vitamin D supplements showed promise in both preventing and treating respiratory infections of all kinds. Now, while the amount of vitamin D needed varies daily by age, most adults need 15 to 20 um, micrograms and about 16 to 800 IUs. However, the research again shows that many people are not getting enough. So the National Institute of Health found that about one in four people have inadequate vitamin D blood levels. Uh, some people don't consume fish, eggs, milk, or milk alternatives or other vitamin D fortified foods. Those are all things you can get vitamin D in. So how can we increase our vitamin D intake? You can get your daily vitamin D in uh, requirement from three sources, food, the sun, and dietary supplements. To get more vitamin D, we can combine these dietary and exercise approaches. So first of all, eat more vitamin D-rich foods. The best natural source is fatty fish, which is why health experts recommend two to three servings of fatty fish per week. Um, if you're not a seafood level, lover, it's also in egg yolks, and it's in some fortified foods like milk. It has three micrograms or 120 IUs per cup. Also, just get outside. Now, I always think that I get enough vitamin D because I'm in the sunshine so often. But, you know, it is overcast. It's raining. I don't know how much sun I'm getting by being outside right now. Spending sign, uh, sun, time in the sun also poses challenges. Um, dermatologists are always telling you to use sunscreen to protect from skin cancer. And if you use an SPF of 15 or higher, it actually blocks UVB rays. And those are the rays that are responsible for making vitamin B, uh, vitamin D in our skin. So the time of day, the geographical latitude, the seasons, and the amount of exposed skin all affect how much vitamin D the body can make from the sun. So what people have recommended is that you try to get uh, 20 minutes of uh, outdoors without any sunscreen, three or four times a week. And besides boosting your vitamin D, being outside in the fresh air and the sunshine elevates your mood and provides opportunities for physical activity. So sun makes us feel good, and feeling good is really an important part of health. And then as far as the supplement, your doctor can order a blood test, 
and based on the results can let you know if you need to supplement uh, with some vitamin D. Too much vitamin D can cause your body to absorb too much calcium and that can lead to kidney stones or damage. So again, you need to speak with your doctor. But sometimes food can be fortified with vitamin D, uh, but it's uh, the vitamin D too, but it's not as well absorbed by the body as vitamin B, uh, vitamin D. I don't mean B, vitamin D is in dog, vitamin D3. So according to a 2021 study in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism, 82% of COVID patients in one hospital were vitamin D deficient, 82%. And in the Journal of Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, they found higher serum nutritional levels, especially of vitamin D and zinc, were associated with decreased risk of contracting respiratory infections and less severe respiratory infection symptoms. So if you think you might be vitamin D deficient, it could be serious. It causes fatigue, bone and joint pain, mood changes, and muscle cramps. So check with your doctor and um, it also can can lead to osteoporosis. So vitamin D, uh, vitamin D three is the one that you need, and that is the most important. So when we are come back from break, we'll have our business bite, and then we're going to be on to some happiness at work. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We will be back, and please stay with me. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Well, it's that time of year. Annual reports will be coming out. And of all the kinds of publications on your investment reading list, the one that can help you the most is also the most venerable, the annual report. So the next time you're thinking about buying a stock, Get a copy of its annual report and keep these seven questions in mind. How much is the company worth? What's the company's basic business? How strong is the company's financial structure? How fast is the company growing? How is the business been lately? And how will the company finance future in the operations be in the future? Are profit margins going up or down? Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion dollars. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. 
be the star you are dot org dare to care Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to Well, we are back, and uh, we are going to be talking about happiness at work, you know, happy brain, ha- and feeling healthy as you are being. The relationship between health and social connection and ultimately happiness, it has very deep roots. Uh, For the ancient Greeks, happiness could manifest only in a community, but they didn't really have the concept of happiness that we do today. Instead, they they used this word that was called edemonia, and that actually described, quote-unquote, the good life. And this encompassed both spiritual and physical well-being, and it was reflected in the kinds of buildings that were built at that time. So edemonia was an embedded part of the Greek temples that were some of the first ways that we think of architecture, of health, and of healing, because that's what they were really all about. The key features on these uh, buildings were sunlight, nature and water and they had uh, in buildings they had these healing baths now many companies are now putting the pursuit of edamonia to the test in the workplace and this year many uh, firms had partnered with other establishments to include online training, think tanks, um, daily brain exercises that were designed to optimize employee nervous systems. And what they were seeking was to improve the emotional balance, compassion, and resilience, all of which that can help architects achieve a balanced lifestyle, but also can be more attuned to the needs and challenges of the clients that they serve and the ultimate goal is to become better innovators and as architects, you know, uh, again, more creative. And that brings up the important distinction between individual contentment and organizational happiness. The Industrial Revolution in the 18th century marked a shift in the way people thought about happiness. So in one sense, happiness seemed more attainable as people lived healthier Um, And they lived thanks to, you know, there was the germ theory and the decline of epidemics. Uh, Well, so much for that, right? We have we have a a pandemic now, but also they live more comfortable lives because there were some technological advances like we have modern heating, we have electricity, we have antibiotics, but capitalism, capitalism simultaneously put an emphasis on productivity and efficiency. So take the office cubicle. Does anybody really like being in a cubicle? It was probably about looking into the happiness of the organization, which could equal financial performance. But did it 
equal happiness for the individual, I think we'd have to ask people that were in cubicles. I know uh, years ago when I was in a cubicle, I was not happy. So now with the pandemic, we're getting back into the understanding what is the meaning and purpose behind our individual happiness within an organization. So the pandemic and the great resignation that has been called is what fueled this. And it inspired a wave of creative hang, you know, kind of hand wringing over ways to attract people back to the office and make them feel supported and seen. But here's the problem. How do you build a strategy to make people happy? And then how do you measure that success? Because putting a number on something as abstract and as personal as happiness is definitely challenging, right? Well, ultimately, though, happiness is a very complex condition, and it doesn't come tied up in a neat little bow. There is beauty in sadness, because we, how would we know happiness if we don't know sadness? And we don't need to strive to be 100% perfect because that is absolutely not realistic. I call it the veneer of perfection because there's really no such thing as 100%. Happiness is really about the ability to be who you are, where you need to be, where you need to be, when you need to be, and where you have choice and control to live your life to the fullest. And anything that architects and designers can do to give people that sense of connectedness and purpose, it is a step forward in the pursuit of happiness. And in that light, we can help uh, create and create our own happiness with truth and, um, and with the essentials. Now, I was reading something, and I think this is also in pursuit of happiness, <laughs> is how to get the raise you deserve, right? It's difficult to ask for a raise. And I think for women, it's more difficult because women have been taught not to ask. But research shows that women are definitely more reluctant than men to to ask for a raise because they feel less um, comfortable negotiating and I know I'm one of those too. I, it's really, it's, it's a challenging thing. And that's why I've always had agents. It's easier to have your agent ask for you. So women have been socialized not to ask. And they're especially sensitive to asking for too much because it seems like just self-promotion. So attitudes might be changing, especially after the pandemic. I mean, more women say that compensation really matters to them. And if you're shy about speaking up, there are some things you can do. You can start by getting into the right mindset, and then you can sharpen your negotiating skills, possibly, you know, by role-playing with a partner or a coach or a friend. Uh, And you can build up your negotiating muscle around non-threatening situations. It is definitely unrealistic to march into your boss's office and ask for more money if you hesitate to uh, send back, you know, a meal that's cold or something that is makes you defer to other people. Like, you know, like what movie do you want to watch? And Oh, I don't care. You choose. So if you're that kind of person, it's definitely going to be harder. So 
If self-promotion makes you uncomfortable, think about how others will benefit if you are successful. So instead of asking for yourself, maybe you're going to ask on, on behalf of your family. So here are some tips on negotiating. First, you want to get your ducks in a row. And at a minimum, you have to have some idea of the market rate for your position as well as how your employer stacks up. And it's key to know what is realistic uh, within your company. It's also critical to quantify your value to your employer as much as possible. So if you're in sales, the numbers probably can speak for themselves. If you're in research or a support role, you might have to start writing down uh, so that you can show how you were able to contribute to the sales team or how you were able to finish a project quickly or how you were able to reduce costs or how you're willing to take on more responsibility. The advice from the experts is that you take a really close look at your own budget. If you have a, a, an $80,000 lifestyle, but you're only making 60000 it will help you light a fire to ask for some more money. But you got to make your pitch perfect by role-playing. And as I said earlier, you can role-play with a partner, a spouse, a friend, a coach, anybody that you can trust. And you're going to feel a lot more comfortable if you get the words out of your mouth. First of all, I suggest writing it down on paper and then practice it in front of a mirror. Then get them out of your mouth. Uh, you just don't want to keep it in your head because if you if you want some feedback, you need it's better to get it from that friend or your partner or your spouse or a coach before you go in to um, to talk to a boss or email a boss or whatever you're going to do. You don't feel you need to apologize and you don't need to tell your boss that you need more money because your rent is going up or you have a car payment or, you know, the economy is screwy or whatever. You have to make the case literally based on what your past uh, work ethics and your work experience have been and how you have contributed to the company. It should be fairly compensated based on your value to the company. So that's what you have to focus on, not on what your needs are, but what your value is to the company. And even if you're working at home or if you have a hybrid situation, you have to make a point, if at all possible, to show up to the office even once in a while just because there is that thing of out of sight, out of mind, or at least talk to the people on a regular basis and make sure they know where you are as far as what it is you're doing. Um, if you can't get more money, make sure to have a plan B. Perhaps you could get vacation time or the opportunity to go to a conference or perhaps the company will pay for some job training or, uh, you know, maybe you'll just get an extra sick day. You might just write down a few things that could make it easier for you or if you wanted to work from home more often, that could be another thing. Sometimes you're better off with getting a title because that, you know, rather than the money, because perhaps you can parlay that title into a bigger job somewhere else. 
So if the answer is still no, you know, don't take it as a final no. Maybe take it as a not now or a next and tell your boss that you would like to get together again in a few months to revisit your request. And we just remember whatever you do agree on, you want to get it in writing. And that goes for anything that you do. If somebody offers you a discount or if you're going on a vacation and the travel agent says, I'm going to give you some spending, you know, $100 uh, spending money or going to give you something to a spa or whatever, get everything in writing. Because without it in writing, you have nothing. Well, that is our show for today. And I hope that you will enjoy a very happy new year. Remember to think less, feel more, ask once, but give thanks often. Expect the best, appreciate everything, never give up, make life fun, lead and invent and regroup, and know that your success is around the corner. So until next Wednesday, when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins and kindness always prevails. For more information about Star Style Productions or myself, visit CynthiaBryan.com. To get involved with Be The Star You Are charity or make a donation, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. Want you to see beyond your physical being and know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And I hope you'll pick up one of my books. I've written nine, and I'm working on book ten right now, which is the next in the series, Stella Bella's Barnyard Adventures. And the next book is called Family Forever. We might be doing an auction if you'd like to name a character. We might be doing that for charity. So stay tuned for that. And then until next week, just keep smiling. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Dream, create, and enjoy your week. Be safe and happy new year. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.